spirit in here in this place. Father, I pray that that your anointing will come upon me to preach your word, Father God, and also that you work in the hearts of people, Father God, to speak to them, Father God, and change their hearts, Lord. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today I would like to speak about fatherhood and authority. And my wife, Peshi, said, this is your dream your dream sermon, because you finally get to say that wives submit to your husbands and children obey your parents. But uh, today I want to talk about the the flip side of that, because I I think um, hopefully we're all aware of of those commands from God, you know, where, you know, the wives need to uh, submit and and obey their, their husbands and the children need to obey their parents. Today I want to talk about um, as fathers, we have authority, but it comes from God. And in order to exercise that authority properly, we need to submit and obey God. So um, that's the, the topic of the, the sermon today. Um, so in, in the beginning, where did father, fatherhood come from? Uh, who, who was the one... Who established fatherhood? Actually, it's it's God the Father. When he he made the the woman, and he said, "For this man reason, a man shall be separated from his father and mother, and shall be cloven unto his wife. They will become one one flesh." So, actually, I want to let you know: even if you don't have children, but you are married, you still have that mantle of fatherhood upon you because you are the head of the household when you fill in the you know your irs documents you put okay i am the head of the household (laughs) but anyways you you that's that mantle that authority is from god god established that role of being a father he established fatherhood god told them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and when when whenever we um, you know, have a new baby. It's not that life did not come from us. We we were not able to impart that spirit into that baby. The life and the spirit they come from God, and God uses us in as we work in that father role to to um, to play that part. Just like God uses the mothers to work in that mother role. So it's very important to understand that none of us are. Father is like, we created that position. It's a, it's a job description that was created by God, and he gives it to us. So the authority that we have as a father comes from God. Whether we believe it or not, I mean, believe in God or not, it still comes from God. Romans chapter 13 verse 1 says, um, let me look. It says, Romans 13.1 Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. And he's talking about the uh, governmental like uh, authorities, you know, in 
like kings and 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 the 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 government but it also applies to all authority there is no source of authority apart from god no one can say it's by my own authority or it's it's just springing from myself god is the fount the source the 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 head over everything no authority exists except that which he has established so we as fathers we cannot say that i am the father i am the the absolute king and ruler over my household whether we acknowledge it or not there is there is an authority above us god so i can um you know when i became when i got married in the months following then you you start i don't know if anybody else felt this way but i i felt like wow it's this i started to un- feel the seriousness of of you know the, the vows that i just took it's like wow it's a serious commitment and from but the moment the very moment that i first saw my daughter or and heard her cry wow then immediately something changed within me it's like i knew my wife was pregnant i knew because we were getting ready we we're getting every you know um she's going to have the baby you could see it you know is getting bigger and we could even feel it but when i saw my daughter for the first time and she was crying they 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 just wiped her down and put her on the scale to to weigh her and then i just touched her and talked to her and then she was quiet and she was she recognized my voice and immediately at that i really felt wow the the mantle of fatherhood you know that was from god that responsibility that that comes with authority came came upon me at that time i really i really felt it very very strongly at that time i would i was ready to give anything to provide or pro- and protect for my daughter so that's the um whether we recognize it or not that that mantle that role comes from god um this also means that because it comes from god whether or not the the father believes in god it means that if your husband or if your father is not a believer you still have to respect that authority because it comes from god or even if they're um maybe they are a believer but they're just a bad father you still have to respect that authority because it comes from god because we have to see the source of that authority um but as for fathers i want to that's the focus of 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 this sermon we need to understand authority in order to exercise authority properly the centurion that asked jesus to heal his servant was an excellent excellent example of this in matthew chapter 8 verse 8 through 9 it says the bible says the centurion replied lord i do not deserve to have you come under my roof but just say the word and my servant will be healed now pay attention for i myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me i tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes i say to my servant do this and he does it So this centurion who was in charge of, you know, uh 60 to 100 Roman soldiers and was he had superiors over him. 
And he ha- also had soldiers underneath himself. And he understood that to his soldiers, they weren't, rep- uh, they weren't obeying him so much as they were obeying his role and submitting to that role that he was in. To his soldiers, he represented the authority of Rome. And they were soldiers in the Roman army. So in the same way, as fathers, we need to represent the authority of God. And, and we cannot represent our own authority. We're not an authority just by ourselves or for, from ourselves. So today we're going to look at four things. How can we exercise godly authority in the home? And even though this is directed at fathers, but I think if we are sensitive... Listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can speak to all of us, whether we are fathers or not. Even if you're the wife or the single ladies, we can learn something about God's authority and, and, and how, how it's exercised. I think, I think it's, it's actually very... Uh, I was reading one book on spiritual authority from Watchman Nee, and is, it's really true that this uh, topic is so important and it's so misunderstood in the world today. You know, even Jesus said, you know, don't be like the, the rulers in the world that lord it over people. He said, but really, you need to understand authority in the right way. The first thing that we can do to exercise godly authority is to seek God's will and revelation. The reason why is this important is because just in the same way, the, the officer needs to carry out the, the commands or the orders from his superiors, right? He needs to know what his superiors, what the policies of, of the army is or what his superiors are telling him so that he can, he can carry those on and, and transmit them to uh, the people under his charge. In the same way, we need to get our orders and our revelation from God. We cannot just lead out of our own ideas. Like, you know what? I say that's right, therefore it's right. Or I say this is wrong. Therefore, this is wrong. This is the way it is, because I said so. No, we cannot be that way. That's not exercising godly authority. We need to seek God's will and seek God's revelation. Um, If you're a wife, what you can do is you can pray for your husband to know God's God's will and, and receive God's revelation. That's, that can be your responsibility. If you're a husband, you can hear from God by reading the Bible regularly, spending quiet time alone to pray to God, asking, asking him, or, and listening to the preaching CDs in your, heart, in your car to let God's word cleanse you and change you. But we need to understand that we need God's revelation. We can't say, oh, it's like, uh, it's an optional thing, you know. Maybe I can get some good advice from God from once in a while. But we are not God's counselor. God is, is, is our counselor. We need to hear from Him. We cannot just simply give our own ideas so easily. We need to really know, is this from God or not? Because people are, are expected to ob- obey us when we speak the, the, the words words from God. I mean, anyway, they're supposed to respect the authority, God's authority that is on us. Definitely, if, if, if as fathers, if I tell my child to lie or to do something that's against God, 
God's, uh, God's commandment. They should not do that. But at the same time, they're expecting, they're, she's looking to me to know, to, to train her, to tell her, her in the ways that, that, uh, that God has for them. You know, switch the mic. The second thing that we can do is we can follow the example of Jesus. Jesus had all authority, right? Do you know how the Bible says he got all authority? He was completely obedient. So it's, it's, it's like, it works like this. When Jesus is completely obedient, completely submissive to God's will, when he seeks God's will above everything else, even valuing it more than his own life, then God gave him all authority. You think about when the devil tempted Jesus in the desert. What did he try to get him to do? He tried to get Jesus to exercise authority by himself. He said, aren't you hungry? If you're God, why don't you make this stone bread? Come on. It's just a little miracle. What's wrong with bread? Did God really say, don't eat bread? No. But Jesus, Jesus said, no, I'm, I'm going to depend on God for every good thing. He, he, he made the opposite decision of Adam and Eve, who said, oh, I need that. When, when the Satan said, hey, show yourself to everybody on top of the temple. Throw yourself down. The angels will protect you. Don't you read the Bible? It says the angels will, will keep your, your feet from hitting the stone. And Jesus said, no, I'm not going to put my God to the test. And Satan said, okay. When it comes to it, you really want to be in authority, right? I'll give you all authority, all of these rich, riches and, and, and kingdoms. Just bow, your, bow down to me. And Jesus said, no, I'm going to worship my God and serve him only. So Jesus was completely obedient to God. He was completely submissive to God. Then God raised him to the highest place, gave him the name above every other name, and put all everything under his feet. So Jesus is our example of how to exercise godly authority. The Bible says that the reason Jesus came was to destroy the work of the devil, which is rebellion. The devil is a rebel. He was the original rebel. He was like before James Dean. He was like, you know, the, the original, you know, re- rebel. He's just asserting himself. But Jesus came to destroy that and to... Show us a path of obedience to God, submission to God, and then we will be, be then we will be blessed. So we need to follow the example of Jesus. Practically speaking, what does it mean for us to submit to God and obey God? It means that we submit to what God wants us to do, and we follow the example of Jesus given in. Um, Ephesians five twenty five. it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And I believe this extends to the family as well. Whenever the Bible says, you treat your wife this way, it is talking about your family as well. How many people know can remember when you were a kid, you really hated it when your dad and mom didn't get along, right? You wanted more than anything else to see your parents get along. It's the same way. The Bible, when it's talking, saying, you love your wife, then you love your kids. 
is natural. So it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So Jesus loved the church, and what did he do? He gave himself up for the church. Therefore, husbands are called to follow Jesus' example and give themselves up for their wives and for their families. What can, what can this mean in today's busy world? It can mean turning off the TV or the Xbox or you know, the, the computer and paying attention to, to our kids or get them to play Xbox with us. <laughs> but it, it, it can mean um, engaging, engaging with our children, being sensitive to their emotional um, and spiritual needs. You know, that goes, goes for our wives as well. And it's, sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's, it doesn't come naturally for us, you know, as guys because we may not be, you know, really geared, geared that way. But we need to be sensitive to their emotional needs, not just their physical needs. So sometimes it's like, you know, hey, I provide for all your physical needs. That's it. That's enough. You know, but we're supposed to deny ourselves like Jesus and think about, think about others' needs, and that includes their emotional needs. The third thing that we can do to exercise godly authority is maintain a close fellowship with God. We have to have a godly fear in us, a recognition that God is, is there over us and that he is the authority over us. You know, in the future, when my, wife, my daughter comes to me and say, Papa, what do you think about this guy or, or this guy? My, my only criteria is going to be whether they have a relationship with God, whether they fear God or not. That's going to be my only criteria because a man who fears God, who has a close relationship with God, is going to treat my daughter right and going to, is going to treat my grandchildren right. And that, that to me is, is, is the, the most important thing. Um, when I was courting my, my wife before we were husband and wife, but when I, when I was courting Peishi, I was in Malaysia. And at that time, her father was very sick. He, was, uh, he had um, blood bone and blood cancer. So I went to visit him in the hospital. And we knew that probably he was going to pass away. And so I, I told him, even though we weren't even engaged at that time, I don't think, but um, I told him that I was going to take care of Peishi. And because I knew that, you know, for, for a guy, he, he wants to, he, that Peishi is not just, just somewhere God just like, you know, dropped her out of the sky, but she has a father. And her father cares about her. And so I wanted to take care of Peishi thinking about her father too, even though her father wasn't going to be around. But I said, I'm going to remember that she is your daughter. So whenever I get, you know, stinky, you know, you know kind, of, kind of a bad guy, then I need to remind myself that Peishi is someone's daughter. 
she's someone's daughter that someone cares about very much. Just in the same way I really care about my daughter. And then I don't want my, uh, I mean, my future son-in-law to take advantage of my daughter, right? I want him to remember, hey, Cora has a dad. I better, I better be careful how I treat Cora because she has a dad. Same way I, I want to remember Peshi's dad. So the reason I'm telling you this is because whether or not God, I mean, God is, acts the same way. We have our natural fathers, but we also have a father in heaven. And every child, every wife has a father in heaven who is their father, just as much as they have a natural father here. And so a man who has a close relationship with God, who has a fear of God, is going to remember it's not just between me and that woman or me and that child, but it's between me and that woman and God and me and that child and God. Um, people who are, guys who are sensitive to the Holy Spirit are going to have a mediator that's going to be telling them to do the right thing. This is one reason why we tell the young single people, marry a Christian man or woman. It's not just because we want, you know, Christian, it has to be Christian. You know, it's, it's really for your own good. It's for your own good. When, when there's two people in the relationship and they're both listening to the Holy Spirit, then you're going to be able to overcome problems that quite honestly, might be impossible, nearly impossible to overcome otherwise. I mean, each of us, we, we, I mean, none of us are perfect, right? We all have our own, own problems. But the Holy Spirit can help us to make the decisions that we wouldn't make otherwise. To say sorry when we don't feel, we wouldn't not normally feel like saying sorry. To feel love when we wouldn't normally feel love. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Uh, a man who fears God is going to be the, listen to the Holy Spirit after you fight, or even when you're, when you're fighting with your, your spouse or your kids. They're going to be telling, the Holy Spirit's going to be telling you what to do, reminding you, hey, you need to love. You need to be the first one to say sorry. You're going to be, need to think how to reconcile. The Holy Spirit is never going to tell you, hey, remember what your wife said? Or remember what, how, how your kids were so um, you know, uh, rebellious towards you? The Holy Spirit is never going to tell you to remain you know, indignant or to take, take revenge by some way by, by hey, you know, wife, I'm going to uh, punish you somehow. You know, now... No talking, you know, for for a certain period. It's just like the Holy Spirit is never going to tell you to do things like that. What is the Holy Spirit going to tell you to do? And it's going to be in line with the whole what the Bible says in First Peter chapter three verse seven. It says, "Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives, and treat them with respect as the weaker partner, and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers." So that's what the Holy Spirit is going to tell you. He's going to tell you, treat your wife as a weaker partner. 
You know, be especially considerate of her so that nothing will hinder your prayers to God. The way you treat your wife has bearing on your relationship with God. And the same, all, same is true. Is you wanna, if you have a good relationship with, your, with God, you're going to have a good relationship with your wife. You know, another thing to think about, if that didn't convince you yet, young women, if that didn't convince you yet, you may think, oh, some guy, yeah, he's, you know, he, he's open to God. You know, he's, he's you know, not against Christianity, and he loves me so much. I can tell you that romantic emotions can fade. They, they, can, they can fade away. And certainly physical beauty can fade away. And you, you might need your God to be your mediator, to be your representative in the future. Let's look at Malachi chapter 2. Malachi chapter 2. So in Malachi, there's three things that, that com- three complaints that Ma- uh, God brings against the Israelites. First, he says, you're not faithful in your relationships, especially in the family relationships. Second, he says, you are mistreating the, the people who are oppressed in society. And then thirdly, he says, you're robbing me by not giving the full tithe and offering. So Malachi chapter 2, verse 13 through 16. He says, another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer pays attention to your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. You ask, why is it? It is because the Lord is acting as the witness between you and the wife of your youth because you have broken faith with her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Has not the Lord made them one? In flesh and spirit they are his. And why one? Because he was seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in the spirit, in your heart, and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. I hate divorce, says the Lord God of Israel. And I hate a man's covering himself with violence or covering his wife with violence, because it's in the footnote, as well as with his garment, says the Lord Almighty. So guard yourself in your spirit, guard your heart, and do not break faith. We have to, a man who fears God, who has a relationship with God, will understand that there is a God who is, who is a, a mediator, who is a judge over, my, over our family, over our, our, the relationship between me and my wife and me and my kids. That's why I want my daughter to marry a man who fears God, who, who loves God, who has a close relationship with God. We need to, as husbands, we need to maintain a close relationship with God for the sake of our families. The last, last thing, way that we can exercise godly authority is by leaving the fighting up to God. So what does it mean when we leave, leave the fighting up to God? Um, basically, it means that because we are servants to do God's will, when people rebel against God, what we're doing, they're really rebelling against God. And it's God, God's fight. It's not, not our fight. 
Now, please do not misunderstand me to say, th- saying, I'm not saying that we cannot be strict with our children or that we always have to say, okay, to, to whatever they say, like we're a pushover. You know, we, we can't, we, we just have to be a weak, weak guy. No, I'm not, not saying that. I'm not, not meaning that at all. Um, what I am saying is that we don't need to defend our authority, but trust God to defend his authority and deal with those people and deal with their hearts. Think of the example of Moses. Many, 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 many times people rebelled against Moses. But Moses understood that they weren't rebelling against him. They were rebelling against God. And many times he would even intercede on their behalf with God. He said, Lord, please don't let Miriam be a leper, you know, or don't destroy the Israelites for your own name's sake. So Moses understood that he didn't need to fight on his own behalf. He could leave the fighting up to God. David is another example, King David. He did not have to defend his own authority or, or fight his own battles. Let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 16, verse 20 through 23. It says, As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw the King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. She looked down on him. She said, what is that fool doing? Taking off his kingly robes, just jumping around in his undergarments, just like uh, all these other guys. He doesn't carry the, the office with dignity and honor as my father did. When David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of slave girls, of servants, as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michael, It was before the Lord. He said, I am under God's authority, who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes because I know that I'm nothing but God's, but only what, what God is, is for me. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Um, what we can see here is that David didn't need to, to like, you know, punish Michael. Or he didn't need to, the way that, that, that he, he responded, he, he's, he wasn't weak. Like, oh, Michael, you're right. You know, but he was, he would told her the way things were. And that he was under God's authority. And God was the one who ruled and reigned and was sovereign over all of Israel, including his household. And he was going to do whatever God required of him. And, and he didn't have to say like, well, I think this or this or this. This is why I did this. It's like, but he, he left the, the, the fighting up to God. When we are given real authority, 
We are given real authority as fathers, but it comes from God and not ourselves. So we must act as representing God, representatives of God's authority, and this means not fighting to protect ourselves. So um, this is me pers- personally, but I feel that, that um, you know, fathers should be and husbands should be not protecting their own own interests in a, a marriage or in the family. Um, maybe there could be exceptions, but for, for my wife and I, when we got married, we decided to have a joint bank account. You know, and I know some people, they, they have separate bank accounts, but I feel that to have a joint bank account shows that, hey, I'm vulnerable to you and constantly, you know, on the opposite is true. They're they're vulnerable to me. Um, but under no circumstances should a husband threaten the wife with divorce or like withholding good things from from them. Um, I'm thinking like, okay, hey, if you're like this, then you know I'm not going to get this for you, or I'm not going to do do this for you, the, the, this thing for you. We, that's, that's fighting to protect ourselves. We need to leave it to God. Under no circumstances should we threaten them, hey, I'm going to leave you. That's, that's definitely not from God. We need to leave it, leave it to God. Um, if it comes to it and even the wife wants to leave the husband, then, um, you know, I think it would be and and the, the husband still wants to reconcile maybe one thing to do is, is is to give give the wife preference don't be so so trying to protect your your own interests in that situation these this is 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 uh you know i speaking not the lord but i believe that that um that this is the spirit of what the bible says um how can we carry over this principle to dealing with our children how can we leave the fighting up to God? You can think of the the parable of the prodigal son, the father whose son ran away, right? And then when he came back, he 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 welcomed the son back. And then the older brother was was very indignant, and the father went out and pleaded with the older brother. You can see some we'll learn. We can learn some, even though that's not the main intention of that parable. But I think we can still learn some things from the example of, of that father in that story. How he, he really loved unconditionally. And he spoke the truth in love. I think when, when children are younger, definitely it's our job to supervise them in order to teach them what is right and wrong and how to show respect. Um, Proverbs thirteen twenty four says, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. In Proverbs twenty nine fifteen, it says, The rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a child left to himself disgraces his mother. So I don't, I, I think, you know, we need to um, uh, think reasonably. Like when the, the children are younger, then we... We control them more, right? But as they grow older, then we we teach them through our example more and more. 
and and we um and we are not so uh controlling the bible says fathers do not exasperate your children you know so we have to be careful um uh, we have to remember that our actions what we do speaks much louder than our words do we show them what is right and wrong by our example or do we lie and break the rules when nobody is looking do we show our children how to respect authority or do we speak abusively about those in authority whether it's like the police or government officials do we honor our own parents our bosses or our managers at work or other authority figures people learn from for, i mean children learn from our our own example so uh you know sometimes we don't need to fight so much hey you need to do this you need to do this but we can teach them by our own example so these are some four things that we can do to exercise godly authority as fathers we have to recognize that all authority comes from from god and that we are not authorities in and of ourselves we need to learn how to submit to and be obedient to god so that we can exercise authority in the right way amen uh to close i i think that we we have a a fathers day presentation so um i don't know if the kids are going to come in for the for the presentation or not but we can we can get ready for that okay yeah maybe the 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 kids can come on in and 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 we can we can pray real quick father thank you for your word and i thank you for fathers father lord and i pray that um your holy spirit will speak to us father god especially all of us guys that we will remember what we heard today father god lord that that's um that you commanded it in your word father father help us to submit ourselves to you to be humble and submissive and obedient to you father god so that we can exercise your authority in the in the right way thank you father in jesus name amen